What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Saturday episode of Flippin' Bats, Saturday with Smoltz, where every single Saturday, the Hall of Famer joins me here. And this one's going to be a lot of fun because earlier this week on Wednesday, if you haven't listened yet, another Hall of Famer from the Atlanta Braves, Tom Glavin, joined me. And we talked so many stories, stories about Bobby Cox and Deion Sanders and Greg Maddox and those Braves teams and this current Braves team. It was great. But of course, knowing I have John on every week, had to ask him some stories about John Smoltz. And we're going to play it back in this episode. So right at the beginning, uh, I'm going to tell John that I had him on and play one of the stories that Tom Glavin was talking about. And we're also going to talk about Deion Sanders and what he's doing at Colorado with that football team there. And if it at at all surprises John, uh, Shohei Otani, is he still the MVP? And in John's opinion, is he still the MVP despite not really going to be playing at all in the last month of the season? And finishing up with the comments that John made about Spencer Strider in the booth this past week saying, and I quote, so he's so far ahead of any of us that's ever pitched in a Braves uniform. Pretty strong words. Going to talk about that. But this one's going to be a lot of fun. Without further ado, let's welcome in now Hall of Famer John Smoltz. Fly ball, onto the track, at the wall, it's gone! Home run! Turns on a ball, deep right field, and gone! What a game, what a moment. All right, and pumped to welcome him in now, as I do every single week, the Hall of Famer, John Smoltz. John, how are we doing this week? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. Of course, it's it's been a fun week here on Flippin' Bats because earlier this week I had on Tom Glavin, uh, obviously teammate of yours, Talked a lot of stories, talked a lot about current baseball. But one thing you know I had to ask was about a story that comes to mind when he thinks about John Smoltz. And John, I want to play you. Uh, I want to play you his answer here. Oh, man. You know, there's um, I mean, Smoltz, look, Smoltz is just high energy, right? I mean, he's a, a 12 year old kid trapped now in a 50 year old man's body. <laughs> so um, that's just how he is. That's how he's wired. And, and it's nonstop. Uh, all the time, um, you know, the kind of guy that if you went on a long weekend vacation with him, you'd be worn out by the end of the weekend. There's no question about it because there's no downtime. Um, but, you know, there obviously, look, he's um, I saw him one time on a bus in New York. Um, he had that little black book um, with all the golf courses and connections and whatever in there. Um, and he couldn't find it. He lost it on the bus and you'd have thought that his one-year-old child had disappeared. I mean, it was the panic, um, was just off the charts. I've seen, um, you know, the, the, you, you see things between him and Maddox, um, you know, that happened all the time. You know, one of Greg's favorite things was whenever John would be driving a rental car, if we were coming back from the golf course, particularly in New York city, he stopped at a red light, he'd wait for the crosswalk to be maximum maximum fullness and honk on the horn so that everybody's looking at john you know john's <laughs> beat red embarrassed and pissed off and all of the above so uh it was just a fun dynamic i mean john never did anything too stupid um other than which he denies when he tried to iron his shirt when he had it on and burned himself but um you know other than that it was just goofy fun just uh, just great talking so many stories with him about everything. But uh, anything anything jump out there? He he claims the ironing the shirt story is true. He says you don't like to admit it, but it is. I don't know. 
No, that's an easy one to keep. He's trying to keep that alive. <laughs> that is by far the greatest lie in in sports injury history. Um, I remember going on every talk show, and when that thing came out, it was a unfortunate scenario that the uh, beat writer of the Atlanta Journal Constitution thought he overheard something, printed the story, and you know how those go. The retractions never get any attraction, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, I should have ran with that a long time ago. I should have gotten like some kind of dry cleaning or 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 iron uh, deal. But I was so mad and so defiant that I uh, I never let that that truth stay out there. But of course, it has because nobody likes a good story that isn't true. Well, of course it has as well, because Tom won't let it die. He, he mentioned multiple times in the conversation that, uh, that, that it was true. He really wanted to drive that point across. He also added John that the Nike commercial that obviously is a part of, and one of the most famous commercials, baseball commercials of all time. He said at the time you were very mad that you didn't get to be a part of it and that you're still upset that it was them too. And not you. Oh yeah. I mean, there couldn't have been a better power pitching hitter. They guy, those guys were slap hitters, right? But it was a brilliant commercial. I give them that. The acting was off the charts. Don't know how long it took them uh to actually do it, but I wasn't a Nike guy. It's the only yeah. reason I wasn't part of it because I wasn't a Nike guy. <laughs> do you have if if I were to ask you one story that comes to mind of Tom Glavin? I know there's a million and probably a million that you can't share, but what's one that comes to mind of Tom Glavin? You know, the one thing about Tommy, when we did the broadcast, we were trying to find something he did wrong in his career, some goof, some – he's a boring, just-get-it-done pitcher, and he was a boring, just-get-it-done guy. The only thing that I can think about, he got mad at me. He didn't talk to me for a week, um, and I kind of got it afterwards. We were trying to have fun with him, and so Glav, along with myself, we pitched in Maddox, but pr primarily Glavin pitched hurt a lot. And we were, that's what we did. And he hadn't been out to the field. We sat next to each other all the time. He hadn't been out to the field in a while, but I knew he was pitching through some cracked ribs and trying to win a Cy Young and trying to make every start. So just to be lighthearted, I made arrows of tape uh, all the way from his locker to the spot where we <laughs> where he used to sit. But of course he was during the game getting treatment and trying to do, it was just an inside uh, funny joke. Well, he got so mad at me. He thought that the media <laughs> might pick up on it. He didn't talk to me for a, a week, but that was the only thing that, uh, we crossed paths that didn't exactly jive. I thought it was funny. Um, you know, people make those tape, like when someone runs into a wall, they yeah, make the, the, tape of the person on, the, you know, I was just drawing lines and arrows and had a big X where, where he used to sit. <laughs> um, but no, he's, he's pretty boring. Just get it done. Um, and that's just the way he was. We couldn't even find a mishap or a goof or anything that he did in his career. It's amazing. <laughs> one of your one of your other former teammates, John, has become probably the most talked about guy in all of sports right now. Uh, Deion Sanders for what he's doing in Colorado with that football team. Has it surprised you at all what Deion Sanders has been able to do in the coaching world and specifically in his first year at a new stop in Colorado? No, it really hasn't. He has all the intangibles, the experience, the motivation. Obviously, he's going to find out, you know, he's not going to win all his games. And what he does to adjust and learn 
Uh, I think he's he's learned all that, and he loves kids, and he loves the heart of an athlete. So um, it's Dion being Dion. Look, they're going to lose some games. There's no doubt. But what he does to that program and how he builds it is going to be second to none. And I know a lot of people have a problem with how he did it, but Dion doesn't care about what other people think. <laughs> not at all. There's not a single care given by Dion. That's right, and that's what makes him special. I mean, you got to have thick skin. You got to believe in what you do. He's the greatest athlete I've ever been around. And people are going to not like some things that are different, but you know, the program brought him there for a reason. They've already put him on the map. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, John in, in the American league, I, I want to talk American league MVP because in my opinion, it's wrapped up, but in, in your opinion, though, he's out for the remainder of the year and what'll end up ultimately being about the last month of the year, he wasn't pitching, wasn't hitting for the majority of it as well with the oblique injury and now done for the year. Is Shohei Otani still the certain AL MVP? I think so. I mean, he's going to bring some competitors closer to him, and there may be somebody who has a historic two weeks. We'll see. But I think he's done enough. And certainly, you know, people are going to complain about this being the, the Shohei Otani award. Well, next year will be challenging because he won't be able to do the thing that makes him unique. And so maybe next year it strictly will be the offensive category if he does enough to have a three-peat. But I think he's definitely the MVP and the the quantity and the quality of which he put together is second to none. And it's just, you know, it's just the nature of the beast. He's the greatest athlete in our sport that's doing something we've never seen before. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I also, last week we discussed uh, you getting ready to, you're actually getting ready to head to the broadcast booth to do the Braves game that night. And you ended up talking about Spencer Strider and said that he's so far ahead of any of us that have ever pitched in a Braves uniform. Uh, I'd love to discuss that and hear what made you say that. Well, his stuff and his ability to pitch with the kind of stuff that we marvel at is second to none. I mean, there's no way we would even be picked. Uh, if there's a lineup of the, of the Braves uh, talented starters today, we'd be, we'd be picked in the back. I mean, because of stuff alone. Uh, the obvious identity of a pitcher is how long can you keep it up and how long can you pitch? Now, we, we were able to crack that code in our era. But I think the fact that he is just so dynamic and already has the ability to dominate a game, that's what makes him special. We never dominated. We found a way to have longevity and in our own way dominate over time, but never to the degree he's done. Now, here's some things he's got to learn that we had a, maybe a slower learning curve. It took me three or four years to say some of the things that he's been able to do. And once he learns them, I mean, he's got a chance to shatter every record that's ever uh, been by an Atlanta Brave pitcher and doesn't matter who it is. So that's how, that's what I meant by that comment. When you, when you make that comment, obviously I think it tells everybody how highly you think of him, but I, I want to ask uh, on the opposite side of things with him as, as a pitcher yourself, a hall of famer, one of the greatest to ever do it. What would you say as we sit just a couple years, not even two full seasons into this career of Spencer Strider, what, what would you say are the concerns you would have about him going forward? Yeah, the biggest thing would be, does he learn to go to a side of the plate or does he have his money pitch? Uh, when you have these false sense securities of information and your velocity overrides everything else and you can live in the strike zone, there's going to be a time when you can't. And that's what we all had to learn. How do you pitch without your best stuff? And his stuff is so good, you could fall into kind of a bad habit of just trusting it every single time. And we've seen games... And this is the adjustment I was talking about. We've seen games where he doesn't have the electric fastball that can get by hitters in the strike zone. He gets hit a little bit. 
he's going to learn how to pitch with that stuff and be able to win with it. And when he does, it's night and day. So I would like to see the evolution of pitchers stay healthy. You know, I've talked about that all the time. Yeah. And how do you do that? You have to have gears and be able to not max effort every single time. Now, he's a freak. His lower body is probably as strong as anybody. So maybe he he is the outlier and everyone's trying to be like him, which we know that's a difficult process for a lot of pitchers yeah. to do. So I just want to see him healthy. I'd love to see him break every record there is because if he's breaking records, that means he's healthy. So to to the point you just made, if he doesn't have that electric fastball, I, one one start that comes to mind was the broadcast that you were a part of with Glavin, Chipper, and and Frank Cora earlier in the year. So you're saying in a start like that, instead of just relying on your stuff that might not be as good as it usually is that game, that's a game that you're going to have to really dive in and figure out how to pitch and to to use your stuff differently. And that would sort of be a big evolution for him and being the a better pitcher. No doubt. Because if you don't have a third or a side that you're dominant on and you can live in the strike zone, he I think he has the highest percentage of pitches in the strike zone without damage. That's incredible. But then what happens when you get damage and you don't have the ability to know how to yeah. get out of the strike zone and pitch to corners? That, to me, is the difference. And I think he'll learn that, no doubt. And given the opportunity, he'll dominate. John, last one for you. Uh, I was watching the game the other night. You were up in the booth. I got to ask, what was that effort up there on the foul ball? Oh, man, that brought back a lot of bad memories. <laughs> you know, early in my broadcast, I wanted to catch a foul ball so bo- so bad that in Boston, three-man booth, Brian Anderson kind of boxed me out of trying to get this ball that ricocheted, of course, and ended up in a place you don't want it to end it up. <laughs> and that moment in Philadelphia, I went for the ball realizing this has got a chance for the same thing. So I pulled back <laughs> because this is the thing I had to, to, to manage in, in less than two seconds. That would have broke my hands. That ball was coming in at such a velocity. I want to play golf. I can broadcast without, you know, a healthy hand, but I, I that ball right there had about an exit velocity going backwards at a level that I didn't want to mess with. So I used my my wisdom in that case. Probably pretty smart. You've been dealing long enough with not being able to be on the golf course. So anything that can keep you out there is uh, probably a good decision to be made. That's exactly right. <laughs> John, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it as always. My pleasure. Thanks for having me again. Of course. See ya. Yep. Awesome. Thanks. Oh, uh, that's twice my phone overheated. I got to be smarter than that. <laughs> All good. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys. All right. All right. See ya. All right. Thanks again to John Smoltz for joining me. Honestly, really, really cool week on Flipping Bats this week. Again, I know I've said it a lot of times, but to grow up an Atlanta Braves fan and to have John Smoltz on every week is something I will never take for granted. And this week to have on John Smoltz and Tom Glavin is just the coolest thing in the world. And to get to go back and forth with them on telling stories about each other was just, ah, it was absolutely incredible. So I hope you all enjoyed it and enjoyed this entire week. Again, if you haven't listened yet, go back and listen to the Tom Glavin episode. If you enjoy stories of legends of the game, telling stories about other legends of the game, and you'll absolutely love it. But thank you all for listening to Saturday with Smoltz. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Just hit that follow subscribe button. It does really help. And also uh, follow us on all social media, including YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod, where you can watch every single thing we do. But that does it for this Saturday with Smoltz episode. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. We will be back on Monday. But until then, peace.